Thank you for the invitation to come back. What, what, a, what, a, what a time to come together and sing about the joy uh, that, that Christmas brings. Joy to the world. Uh, I want, that's what I want to talk about today. Because I think there's been this, there's a distinct lack of joy. You know, on the, on the way out here this afternoon, uh, I was listening to all the radio commentary, and guess what it was about? You guessed it. COVID. That seems to be the only thing anybody ever wants to talk about these days. I want to talk about joy today, because there is another story. There is another side uh, to uh, uh, looking at the way that we live life and, and, what, and what's meaningful to us and what we get out of it as Christians and what we can then bring back to the world. Lord, we thank you today for the relationship we have with Jesus and with one another. And so we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would open our hearts, give us understanding uh, and, and, and the discernment that we need to take uh, your truth and apply it to our lives and uh, through us to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm, I'm reading today from John 15, uh, chapter, uh, John chapter 15, verses 9 to 11. I was sitting there reflecting on um, you know, the Christmas theme of joy. It, it's interesting because the night that Jesus was born, there was a great message that went out, you know, Joy to the world. You know, there's a message of rejoicing here. And yet, in this passage, this was the night, the night that Jesus was betrayed. Uh, and yet, there's still this same overwhelming sense that the message that Jesus brings and the message that we believe as Christians is so totally at odds and totally different to the narrative of the world around us. And we need to grasp what we have in Christ and, and allow his joy to fill our lives as we approach Christmas and in less than two weeks uh, going to 2022, in case you thought next year seemed a long way away. John chapter 15 says, Jesus said to his disciples, I have loved you as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And what a great way to end 2021. If you haven't been living under a rock, you'll know that the big discussion point in 2020 and 2019 and probably in the coming year will be COVID. And, and, but it's really easy to be caught up in the, the public narrative. It's really easy because I'm a newsaholic. I get up in the morning, I leave the house at half past five, and every morning I get the day's news to encourage me and put me into, in the right frame of mind for the rest of the day. Uh, thank God that, uh, that, 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 that he can bring life uh, in the midst of sorrow. Um, but if ever there was a, mess, a time that we needed a message of joy, it is now. I really believe that. Because there, uh, there to be so, there's so much negativity and so much pessimism and so much fear. And, 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 you know, we were in Sydney on Wednesday and you know, people were turning away from us. That we, being my wife and I, people were turning away from us. You know, what if you brought COVID from Canberra? Uh, you know, what, we, we need, we need a, a different message. So I, I went to the source of all truth uh, outside the Bible. Uh, I went to the Oxford Dictionary. Uh, and, you know, every year they put a list of the most common words 
uh, common new words or words that achieve uh, 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 notoriety in the in the year last year, of course, it was it, it was COVID, and, and so I thought, well, you know, what, what's everybody talking about this year, 2021? Any guesses? Vax, the word of the year. You know, having looked at nearly 20 billion uh, uh, uses of words right across the English English language, the word of the year is vax. In fact, it was used 7,300 percent more than it was in 2020. Now, there, you know, there were some runners-up uh, like Vaxi or Vaccinista. Uh, another one is uh, uh, people go on a vaccination. Uh, and, 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 and the conspiracy theorists talk about the inoculati. Um, we, we, had a, we had a grand, our first grandson last year. He was born in the year of COVID. And so when he, after he, he's, uh, when he gets into his teenagers, he's going to be a quarantine. Uh, uh, and, 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 and one that didn't quite make it up, but uh, you know, it, would, it would if you're living in the United States, is the Fauci-ouchie. Vax, the Fauci-ouchie. You know, what, what people are talking about. But as Christians, this is all very interesting, and we're confronting it every day. You know, if you read the paper, watch the television, uh, you know, if you've got a TV or you, you watch your, your, you know, your iPad, uh, you know, but we can't allow the language and the images and the narratives of the world that, that tend toward negativity to influence the way that we think and the way that we live as Christians. These are not the images that give us purpose and value. And so I went looking through the list of all the most popular, or the, the popularized words in 2020, and I didn't find the word joy or joyful or joyfulness. And I thought, well, this is amazing. But, but, but you know, we're, this is a season to be joyful. It's a, it's a season to express the joy that we have as Christians. Can you believe that? Are there any Christians here? It's a season, it's a reason to be joyful. Joy to the world because Christ has come to bring us a, a brand new life. As Christians, we have every reason to be joyful. And at the end of 2021, when so much of the dialogue that we hear every day uh, is about darkness and fear and, and anxiety and, you know, what if, uh, you know, where, can I go and, and hide in a cave and get away from this thing? Um, uh, we, we, we hear the angels saying to the shepherds, I bring you a message of great joy to all people. A message of joy for all people. And we believe that the, uh, the joy that we have as Christians because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and the faith that we have in him, uh, it, it can be found in no one else. No other religion, no other person, no other relationship. And, you know, I, I have, uh, I've traveled the world in my job. Uh, I've lived in different countries around the world. And, and there is no faith like the Christian message that talks about joy like this. There's nothing there is no other religion that says you can have joy. You can, you can have a, a, a experience the joy of God in your life. He, he's made you to live with joy. It's usually legalism and, 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 and requirements and rules and regulations. Um, but more than ever, we need to hear this message. And, and if we will capture... What the message of the joy of the coming of Jesus means for our lives and our families and our community and, and, and our nation today, uh, then, then we can make a difference. 
There's a couple of things that stand out to me when I, when I read this passage. Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with joy and that your joy will overflow. Now, the first thing that stands out to me is that, you know, it, this is a very loaded term uh, because we often confuse it with happiness. Who wants to be happy? Everyone wants to be happy. And some people really struggle to get a, a, a biblical understanding of the word of joy because of the way happiness is defined in our culture. Now, I was down, at, I, I live in Canberra. The great, great, the great city of Canberra, you know, Canberra Heights, overlooking the Brindabellas, lovely part of the world, beautiful part of the world. And so the other day, I ventured down in from Canberra Heights to Canberra Meadows, down to Lower Canberra and down into Tuggeranong Shopping Centre. And there I saw a sign saying, Happy Shoes. And I thought, oh, sorry, Happy Fit Shoes. And I thought, oh, that's fabulous. I can find happiness in finding the shoes that I like. And so I, I looked through the window and... I thought, I, I, I don't think they've got size 13, maybe size 14, you know, a bit of cotton wool at the front. But if I get the right shoes from the shop, I'm going to be happy. And there were smiley faces in the window. And I thought, well, well that, there you go. Because my name is Alan and Alan means cheerful. Uh, and so I, I, try, I try to be a happy kind of guy. Um, who remembers Snoopy? Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, you know, you know all those, those, those wonderful parables. Um, Charles Schultz, the, the, the writer, the, the creator of, of, of Peanuts, says that, that, that the happiness is a warm puppy. I think, oh, that, that's really odd. <laughs> how, how do we define happiness? You know, it'll bark at you. Uh, you know, but, but to some people, happiness, it's sentimental, it's warm, it's fuzzy. To other people, they remember, who remembers Bob Marley? Remember Bob Marley. Bob Marley used to sing... I bet you can't think, remember the word, don't worry, be happy. So don't worry, be happy. That's all, that's all you need to do. As you approach life's great problems, just don't worry, pretend it, you know, just, just get happy. And, and if you're happy, let your face know it. If you're happy and you bought the right car, you can jump for joy and you can say, oh, what a feeling, you know, I got a feeling of happiness. But the moment you hit the ground again, it's gone away. Unless you've taken the photograph, if you know what I mean. And, and, and the problem is that, that on Monday mornings, you re-enter the lane. You get back into the lane of got to go to work, got to front up, got to go to the coffee shop. You know, every day is the same uh, and every one's the same. Um, and, 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 but we end up confusing happiness with joy. If only I'm happy, life will be okay. If I'm unhappy, it's someone else's fault. Isn't it? It's always someone else's fault. If I'm not, if I'm not happy, if I'm not deliriously happy. And yet, uh, joy, the way the Bible describes it, is not a temperament like happiness. Now, some people are naturally happy. I have B-positive blood. Right? B-positive blood. And someone comes, well, someone comes to me and says, well, I've got B-negative blood. And I thought, you know, I reject that. <laughs> I reject that. And then there was some who come and said, well, I've got O. And I thought, well, no, big deal. You know, I've got, I've got B-positive blood. And so I know, how, I know how I'm wired. I'm wired to be positive. That's true. Check your blood group. You might be pleasantly surprised. Or you might not. But, but, but joy... Joy does not come uh, about from how we are wired. You know, we're all different, we're all wired in different ways. If, if you read the Beatitudes, 
I was, I was reading Matthew chapters 5, uh, 5, 6, and 7 the night before last. I, I went to one of Canberra's little libraries, you know, where you can pick up all the free books. And there was a book there, and I opened it up, and had the, the first chapter was the, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said, blessed are you. You know, the Beatitudes, the, 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 the happy people. And, and what Jesus is saying, is he, he says, you can have the joy of God when you're poor in spirit. You can have the joy of God when you mourn. You can have the joy of Christ when you are persecuted. And the irony is that in our culture, happiness ends up being idealized and sentimentalized and superficialized. Uh, But we, we miss the meaning. The nation of Bhutan, who's heard of Bhutan? Who hasn't? Who doesn't care? <laughs> the nation of Bhutan to the north of India has, was, was the first nation in the world to create a, a, the happiness index. And every year, the nation of Bhutan puts out the results of its, its happiness index. And what they do is they go knocking on the doors, and, and everybody feels obliged to go along and say that they're happy. And so the government at the end of the day says all our people are, are overwhelmingly happy. Um, but the, the problem is... People can say something on the outside, but it doesn't reflect what they're like on the, on the inside. Because the quest for happiness that we pursue, whether it's in the shoes that we wear at the Happy, happy Fit shoe store, or, or the song that we're singing, that, that, um, you know, or, or the way the conditions are, are, are dressed, um, you know, these, these don't... These don't bring about purpose and meaning and satisfaction and reality into our lives. Because, you know, we, we, we can become so, drive our lives by our circumstances and by our feelings, and then we get up on, on Monday morning and we say, I've got to go to work today, and then we realize it's a public holiday, and suddenly we're happy again. But we miss the point. Because happiness can be a roller coaster. I don't like roller coasters, especially when you go upside down. Happiness just by itself, sought for itself alone, can be a roller coaster because I've seen too many people experiencing too many setbacks, knowing that there are ups and downs in every roller coaster ride, to know that, that we can't just rely on the circumstances to bring joy into our lives. And you can have happy feet and you can watch happy feet and you can learn tap dancing, uh, but it's not going to be enough ever. It's never going to bring about a permanent change. Happiness on steroids is not what the Bible has to say about the kind of happiness Jesus was of joy that Jesus was talking about. The Bible says you can be happy. You can be happy in sin. Hebrews says you can enjoy the pleasures of sin. Ecclesiastes says, go and have a good life, you know, do whatever your heart desires, uh, but it'll t- take you to the wrong destination. And it won't bring about purpose in your life, and it won't, it won't, it won't, it won't answer the deep-seated problems and questions and, and the existential feelings that we all have about, you know, why am I here and where am I going? Because our, our feelings can trick us. So don't confuse joy that Jesus is talking about as he's about to face the cross with the sentimental feeling of happiness that people talk about, that people talk about and that we see on the ads on television, which is why I don't watch TV, can't stand the ads. The second thing that, that stands out to me when I read this passage 
from, uh, from the room where Jesus was talking to his disciples is that um, we can find joy in times of success or in times of hardship. Now, you and I know today, if we're honest, that as Christians, we're not immune to hardship. And we're not immune to trials. And we're not immune to suffering. And, and, and life can be tough. You can convince yourself. You can try and psych yourself up to being, to, to being different. And I remember my father had a book um, uh, called by Norman Vincent Peale. And it was entitled The Power of Positive Thinking. Has anybody ever seen it? Well, my father used to quote from it. He'd read it, and, uh, you know, he was an engine driver, and he'd sit on the trains and go from station to station reading it and come home and tell my mother all about it. And she got so excited one day about his positive thinking, she hid the book in the sofa in our living room, and he didn't find it for 10 years. <laughs> he talked about it, but it wasn't really, <laughs> it, it wasn't really uh, providing an honest outlook on life, because sometimes life can be unfair, sometimes life can be tough, sometimes, sometimes life can be rough. Uh, and, and, and what we have to be careful of as Christians is that we don't follow the cultural trend into despondency. Jesus says, I can give you my joy. And the joy that you have in me will be the kind of joy that will overflow. We can, be, we can uh, understand that God has a plan and purpose in our lives even when things are going wrong. I, before I came in today, I talked to a man. He said he, he went to hospital this week. He thought he had a life-threatening disease. It was only his gallbladder, so he, can, he can't, can't eat ice cream every day. But he thought it was worse. His name is John. He lives uh, on the other side of um, Canberra Heights. And, and I said, oh, mate, that's great. You know, you, you, you're going to be with us for a while. Um, but, but, you know, but, but sometimes things do go wrong. Uh, but as Christians... As Christians, we know that we can trust him, that is Jesus, with our lives, regardless of what the doctor says, regardless of what our circumstances are saying. And that's why he says, he says, if you're in difficulty, he says, I, I've come to wipe away all tears. I can bring purpose and, and reality and hope uh, into your life when, when society around you can't give it to you. And so at the same time, we can face the realities of our day-to-day -day lives, but still believe that God will bring all things for good. After all, if Jesus knows that he's about to be crucified, and he says, hey, guys, you can have my joy. Hey, Jesus, <laughs> you know, where are you living? You know, how do, how do you match those two up? He says, well, there's something supernatural that comes from God and the kind of joy and relationship that we have with him does not depend on those circumstances. It depends on him who is true in your life and my life today and the reality that we go out to face when we finish church today. I remember uh, I, my parents gave me my, my very first zip-up Bible. I, 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 I treasured my zip-up Bible when I was in Sunday school, and my father was my Sunday school teacher, and, and, and I'd go along and I'd say, hey, you know, you guys have got El Cheapo, but I've got a zip-up Bible. And so, so one, day, one day I had another Sunday school teacher who, who, who opened up in, in the Psalms and got a pen and underlined it. And I said, oh, that's my zip-up Bible. She's writing in my zip-up Bible. But this is with the passage she, she underlined, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten the promise that God gives us. 
and the reality that we have through the Holy Spirit living in us to bring us into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that gives us hope and purpose and a future and, and, and identity that we can find nowhere else. Look at Jesus. It says that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he talks about joy. It says that um, he, 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 for the joy set before him, he, he endured the cross. Look at the early church. Listen to what Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, the, the first, probably one of the very earliest letters in the New Testament. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and our suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you've remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. Wow. Wow, our, our language is different. Our lives are different. Joy is not circumstantial. Joy is not contingent on the right things happening. Joy is deeply rooted and grounded in God's plan and God's purpose for your life. And knowing that and trusting him, I want you to trust him. With whatever circumstance you're facing at the moment, whether it's health or employment or, 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 or family situations, you've got to learn to trust him. Trust him. And commit your life to him. John Piper says this, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the world. God, help us to be a joy-filled people. God, help us to be a joy-filled church. Amen? God, help us to be known as a people who have the joy of the Lord that's their strength, regardless of what they're going through. So God, save us from grumpiness. God, save us from grumpy old men. God, save us from grumpiness about not finding the perfect car parking spot next week because all the kids are on holidays and it's Christmas. God, save us from grumpiness about not getting the last bit of Christmas pudding with beautiful brandy-flavored custard on top of it because somebody else grabbed it. God, save us from grumpiness. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things that we see now will soon be gone. That's right, the Christmas pudding will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, because joy really matters, even when our circumstances may be suggesting otherwise. Do you believe that? I, I believe that. Oh, we, you know, we, we, we're Christians. We're Christians. We've got Christ living in our lives. God is our Father. We are brothers and sisters in his family. We've got a home in heaven. We, we, we've got the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we need to be thankful. We need to be a grateful people and looking toward him and not being driven underground because of fear of what's going on around us. So the question is, how, how do we apply all of this? What does it mean in our day-to-day -day lives? Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, which people often make the big issues. It's not a matter of what we eat or drink, but a life of living, uh, uh, of living a life full of godliness and peace in the Holy Spirit. And you know... I've studied a lot of church history when I was doing my last, my, my last bunch of studies. I, 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 you know, I look back at some of the attitudes of some of the very earliest Christians. And Christianity has always been associated with joy. Like I was saying before, you know, I've studied other religions. I've talked 
for many, many long conversations with people from other religions, and there's no other faith that, that talks about joy the way that Christianity does. And in those readings from those, the very early church fathers, here's, here's a reading I came across. In the third century, a guy by the name of Cyprian, he writes to a friend called Donatus. He says, it's really a bad world, Donatus. It's an incredibly bad world. Yet in the midst of it, I've found a quiet and holy people. They've discovered a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of this sinful life. They're despised and they're persecuted, but they do not care because they have this joy. They have overcome the world. These people, Donatus, are Christians, and I am one of them. Wow. Wow. You know, he says it's, it's a terrible world out there, but in the midst of it, there are people who know a real experience of joy in their lives that no one else can give them. And that's yours and mine today. That's, that's, that's what God gives us by the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And so it's not a matter of saying, well, how do, how do I apply this? He, he will do it. Give your life to him every day. Surrender your life to him. Make a commitment. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I give you this day. I give you this week. I give you my family. I give you my studies. I give you my ATAR results. I give you my, 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 my life circumstances. I trust you. Help me to follow you and experience the joy that you promised. They can only be produced by the Holy Spirit. To some people, joy, faith seems joyless and formulaic and hard to apply. I, I know that that can be the case. You know, looking at some of the stories in the Bible, here's Job serving God, and he lost his family and his wealth and his health, and his wife says he had bad breath. Uh, it's true. It's in the Bible. Yep, she says, Job, you've got bad breath. Uh, you know, and he says, I wish I'd never been born. Well, that's, that's pretty grim. And then there's David. David faces the greatest threat to his kingdom. He's facing a military coup. He gets up on top of the palace, and he, says, and he sees a bird stirring, and he says, oh, God, I wish I could be the bird and fly away from here and be at rest. You know, and, and it's just going from bad to worse. It's all too much. Well, there's Elijah. I was reading a story just a couple of days ago again. You know, Elijah, he, he defeats the prophets of Baal with fire from heaven, and then he flees into the desert, into the solitude of the desert, and says, God, take my life because I'm the only Christian left. Well, not Christian, but you know what I mean. I'm the only one left. And God says, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, you know, there are thousands who haven't uh, disobeyed me. There are thousands who haven't walked away. You know, get your life right. Get your life back. Get perspective around your life. God is still in charge. He's still in charge regardless of this, the ups and downs and, you know, the roller coaster we talked about earlier. How can we experience his joy in our lives when we're faced by crisis and disappointment and we're feeling disillusioned? I'll tell you how we do it. Very simply, by remembering that God loves us and that God is at work in our lives and in the ups and downs and the roller coaster of your life as you know it today and faced with the disappointment that we all experience, he is the one who gives you the power to live. He'll give you his joy. He'll give you his peace. He'll give you the sense of his presence with you. 
I can't manufacture that. I, 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 can't, I can't produce it in a test tube and say, here's the formula. But it's not about a formula. It's about him. It's about Jesus. He says, he, he says, he says you know, if I will give you my joy and you, your joy will be full. So when the angels have gone back home and we packed away the Christmas carols for a week, for a year, and in a joy to the world, it, it, and it's not the kind of thing. You, Jan, January is when the, the hot dust buns come out. <laughs> we stop singing about joy on, 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 on Boxing Day, but it's not about that. It's not about the calendar. It's not about how you and I feel today. It's not about the rain. It's not about the hail last night. It's not about the branch that fell off the tree. It's not about the washing that got wet this afternoon. It's about the reality that you and I are God's people. And Jesus Christ lives in us. And he's given us hope in eternal life. And we're children of the living God. And we have a hope in the future for eternity. Oh, well, I tell you what, there's nothing like that. Thank God for the gift of salvation in Jesus. God, fill us with your joy and help us to be a joyful people every day. Be a joyful people because he is our source of joy. Do you believe that? Everything else is a dry well. You can dig for satisfaction in just about it, in anything else, but it's always going to be a dry well. A joy that doesn't come from our feelings. It doesn't come from the dry washing. It doesn't come from our circumstances. It doesn't come from the presence that we get on, 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 on Saturday. It doesn't come from that last bit of plum pudding. Um, it doesn't come from any of these things. It doesn't even come from a negative COVID test. But it comes from knowing him, knowing his will, living according to his will, listening to the Holy Spirit every day, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, because the Bible says today he's speaking. I didn't turn my phone off. I hope it doesn't ring. But, you know, I just realized. But there are some people who don't hear from God because they've got their lives switched off. No wonder they don't hear from him. He says, but I'm still here. I can talk to you. Open your ears and let him talk to you. He's closer than your husband or your wife sitting beside you. He's closer than your friend. He's closer than your puppy. Uh, and, and so he says, you know, learn to trust in me, learn to draw on my grace, learn to experience and believe in my presence, whether you feel anything or not. I will fill you with my joy and I'll give you my peace. Romans 8 says that the whole creation is groaning, living in hope of God's glory and purpose that will be revealed in us as Christians. For a Christian today, my joy is located in him. In 1 Peter 1, it says this, You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Can, are you capturing this? Are, are, you, are you capturing this? He says, you, Christians, in Fish Week today... You, you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy, and the reward for trusting in him will be the salvation of your souls. Praise God for that. Praise God for his presence. Praise God for his faithfulness. And praise God for his people. I love being with God's people. Especially with my brothers who I've known for, I was going to say even, but especially. <laughs> yes, I've got you know, so many people here I love as brothers and sisters in Christ. So, so where does all of this leave us? It's all very well to talk about it. Where does it leave us? The context of this passage in John 12, John 15, sorry. The context 
is the upcoming crucifixion of Jesus. But the context for the disciples was all about their relationship with Christ. If you feel grumpy in life, if you feel miserable, if you feel that you've been given a dead hand, if, you've been, if you feel disappointed, if you feel entrenched in your feelings and trapped in your circumstances and trapped in your circumstances and, and, and the way you feel about life, then it's time for you to re-engage with God. It's time for you to say, Holy Spirit, open the door. I open the door. You come in, you know, change my attitude and help me to live the kind of Joyful Christian life, he talks about and promises to us in his word today. It's a choice. Let, to let the word of God uh, come alive in your life, to let Christ touch your heart in a new and in a, fr a fresh way with his joy and his love. Because he's never turned his back. He's never walked. He's never gone away. He's never, he's never really let you down. Now, he doesn't trivialize how you feel. He doesn't minimize how you feel. He doesn't throw off at you because you feel you, know, you have some bad hair days. You know, that, that passage in Hebrews, he says he was a man. He knew what it was like to be a man. He knew what it was like to be human. But because he knew what it was like to be human, he, he knows what you think. He knows how you feel. He knows how you get disappointed. He knows that people let you down. He knows that people will talk about you. He says, yeah, I know all of this. But there's something else and that, that something else is that even knowing all of this, he says, but God's got something bigger for you. And the Christian life is experiencing the life of Jesus Christ and experiencing his presence with whatever we go through. So what, do we, what we have to do is get our attention back on him. What we have to do is say, well, it doesn't matter. I love Christmas trees. I love the presents, especially ones that come my direction. I love the anticipation. I love all of those things. But beyond all that, I know that in my life, five years from now, 25 years from now, what will really count more than anything else is that God is faithful and that God loves us and that God's presence is with us and that we've got a, a hope for eternity that no one else can give us. Do you believe that? It's not just the joy of the 25th of December, even though that's really important. It's not just the joy of the Christmas tree. And as we turn the corner in less than two weeks' time and go into 2022, we need to discover the joy of the Spirit of God, the joy of Jesus Christ that he promises us in every season, in every season, in every month, because joy matters to you and me today, because Jesus matters to you and me today. And because we are the people of God. Yes? Yeah. We are the people of God. And we've got the kind of relationship that Jesus talked about. And we've got the hope that he talked about it uh, in, in his word. And what a fantastic promise. And what a fantastic set of relationships that we have with the people of God uh, as we plan for the future. Our lives are in his hands. And, and, and no one can take it away from us. Lord, we thank you today. For the presence of your spirit and that, Lord, you've been talking to each one of us. Lord, I pray that, um, Lord, that as these words have gone out, it won't be the person who's preached them, but, but your Holy Spirit who's caused uh, these truths from your word to come alive in us. Thank you, Jesus, that even though you faced the cross, 
and betrayal and suffering and pain and being made sin for us, even though you had no sin. Jesus, you, even in the midst of all of that, you said, I want you to have my joy. And you'll be complete and you'll, you'll be full because of the joy of the Lord that will be your strength. And Lord, as we come through this Christmas season, I pray that each one of us, as we commit our lives to you, as we commit these next couple of weeks to you, that in the time of Christmas and New Year and planning for the future, our Lord, that we would have total confidence that it's not in what we can do, but your presence and your faithfulness and the truth and the power of your word and the reality of the Holy Spirit and the life that we have in Jesus, that's what makes the difference. God bless your people today in Jesus' name. Amen.